So, last week we celebrated Easter, but we're still in the midst of this series that I titled Rethink Easter. The resurrection that we celebrated last week, the resurrection of Christ, is the ultimate antidote for the troubles of the world and our own personal troubles. Jesus Christ has won the victory over death. Praise God for sure. Our anchor verse for this series comes from Acts chapter 3, verse 15. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. So today I want us to continue to consider what it means to be Easter people. Who or what are Easter people anyway? I want to talk a little bit about what that means, and then I want to read the scripture from Matthew chapter 6, if you want to start to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. So what are Easter people? Do you have faith in Jesus, Him crucified and risen? Our faith must be lived by imitating Jesus in our daily lives by the way that we speak and the way that we think and the way that we act. Anything less than the best with Jesus is a betrayal of Jesus and a betrayal of our faith. Faith in Jesus makes sense only if we take Him at His word if we believe that His life merges together with our life and that we are forever changed when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Last week we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. We celebrated Easter in song and in prayer, in Scripture, and even in baptism. Easter 2022 at Living Hope Missionary Church of Dunfee. It was an awesome experience, wasn't it? Easter was an awesome experience for people all around the world last week. But Easter is not meant to be one magical event. Easter is transcendent. Jesus is not somewhere else today than he was last week. The anointed one, Jesus Christ, is everywhere at all times. Through him, all creation is held together. He lives and he breathes through his body, the church. For us to be Easter people, we must live like Easter makes a difference in our lives, day by day and moment by moment. So what does it mean to live like Easter people? It means we live as a people, all different parts of the body of Christ, working together toward a single purpose, a loving relationship with Jesus for all eternity. Easter people walk circumspectly. 
We are just in our dealings. We are faithful in our engagements. We have Christian sympathy in our feelings. We are slow to take offense and we must always be ready for reconciliation and restoration. This list that I just shared with you is what we promise when we become members of Living Hope Missionary Church. Let's read Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19. And I'd like to ask if you're able to stand. These are Jesus' words spoken to us today. Jesus said this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven or on earth. Let me redo that. I almost really messed it up. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You may be seated. Jesus' word to us. I just think that really does a good job of summing up what it means to be Easter people. To always store up our treasures in heaven, for that's where our heart will be. But sometimes we get distracted. So let's look at some distractions. How have you been been distracted? Do you get distracted sometimes have you allowed your mind to wander have you needed something or someone to help bring you back to thought back to the reality at hand perhaps you're being distracted by what we're going through here at living hope missionary church all the changes that we've gone through during the past year Perhaps you thought I was coming here just to find you a new pastor. And here I am. Pastor Allen is standing before you the second Easter in a row. What's going on? Maybe you're getting distracted. So what do these distractions have to do with us being Easter people? Easter and the weeks following, and entire, the entire year really, but especially at Easter time, we make a special effort to focus, to focus on the fact that Jesus not only died on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for our sin, but he also was raised physically from the dead 
three days later. Everyone gets distracted. Yes, even pastors get distracted. Last week, we celebrated the most phenomenal event of God's eternal plan. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. This is the very reason that we are here worshiping now, today, on Sunday, and even every week after this, on Sunday. There is no other event that even remotely compares to the incarnation. That means God with us. Through the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Our Lord, what Jesus did for us is the greatest spiritual event in the history of the world. Easter is what stands out as very unique, separating us as Christians or the Christian religion from other religions on the face of the earth. In every other religion, humanity is attempting attempting to work to reach a God in whatever form their God may take. Religious works is a way for people to feel good about their religion, about what they can do to reach their God. It becomes a way of storing up those treasures on earth. Among all the religions, there is only one where God actually cares. There is only one where God became man and gave his life so that we can be reconciled to him. That religion is Christianity. In fact, Christianity is such an oddball among religions that we really shouldn't even call it a religion. Christianity is a relationship. A relationship with God. In Christianity, we have a God who created us. Now, other religions might say that their God also created, so it's not so unusual. But we rebelled against God. And that's not so unusual in other religions either. But the one true God of Christianity, He pursued us. This is very unusual. Other religions don't have a God that pursues after people. And most often we continue to rebel against Him. So the one true God sent His only Son, Jesus, to teach us the way of life through His life and through His words. God offered up His Son, His Son's body and His Son's blood as a sacrifice for all of us because He pursued us. And then God raised His Son from the dead And not only that, but Jesus then ascended into heaven and He's sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty and He is sitting there interceding on our behalf to the Father. 
And God sent his Holy Spirit to be in us and among us and with us at all times. His Holy Spirit to draw us to our Lord Jesus Christ. To bring us to repentance and reconciliation. To knock us down on our knees before Jesus. And to help us to live as participants in God's kingdom. Even here as we walk in this world. His kingdom is where our treasure must be. Wow. There is no other religion where God actively pursues His people so that they can have a relationship with Him. There is no other religion in the world where God literally demonstrates His passion for the people that He created. There is no other religion where we can be assured of eternal life even while we are still living here on this earth. How do we quit being distracted by the world and store up our treasures in heaven? In His kingdom, it's really done through our relationship. Our relationship with God. Our God invites us into a personal relationship. He forgives us and He enables us to find salvation and He enables us to live righteous and holy lives because He actually lives within us. The Lord our God gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us the ability to accomplish everything that He asks us to do through the power of His Spirit. Why would we store up treasures for ourselves on earth when we have a God that pursued us like this and He shows us His kingdom even all around us. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now here is where I'm going to warn you. Here is where I'm going to mention something that's going to irritate some of you. It will, I know, because Pamela and I are going through it ourselves. You know, we've downsized. And we've downsized and we've downsized. But we're still paying rent on a small storage space where there are some family heirlooms. It means a lot to us. Because we want our kids to have these things and to remember their family. And so we're going to downsize. We've both been through parents that have passed away and we know what it's like going through all that junk that the parents saved and wanted us to have. And so we asked our kids, what is it that you would like to have of all these things we have? And none of them are what we would say are family heirlooms, but our youngest daughter would like to have the... the um, Rudolph the reindeer plate and cup that was always set out for Santa Claus. But the furniture that means something to Pamela, like 
great-grandmother's rocking chair. That doesn't fit into their decor. They don't know great-grandmother. And if we wait, they're probably going to sell it or throw it away. My family was into guns a lot. There's two rifles that mean a lot to me. My grandfather made the stock of one out of the apple tree on the family fruit farm. None of my kids want anything to do with it. It hurts. It irritates us. But at the same time, we think about this scripture. Where is our treasure? On earth? That's where our heart will be. Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven. So, we are divesting ourselves again and being reminded of the importance of focusing our life on Jesus. Remember our scripture from last week? Even the ladies that went to the tomb on Easter morning were distracted. They went there looking for a dead Jesus body. They went there to add more spices to the dead body. But the angel at the tomb wanted to snap the women out of their distraction of seeking a dead Jesus. The angel hit him upside the head and said, He is not here. He rolled away the the rock from the tomb and sat on the rock. He said, Remember, just as Jesus said to you when He walked with you. Remember what He said. And He snapped them out of their distraction of the death. You know, even this resurrection narrative can cause distraction. It's an amazing account of a a lot of people involved, but it causes us to ask so many questions. For instance, how could the disciples have possibly missed Jesus' multiple prophecies that he would be crucified and then he would rise again on the third day? An interesting question, but it's not the main focus of what's going on. Why did Joseph of Arimathea, remember we talked about him last week, and Nicodemus, who came and took the body off the cross and and put it in the tomb, the body of Jesus. Why is it that they showed up with 75 pounds of spices before they put him in the tomb? If they believed that he was going to raise from the dead in three days? An interesting question. But it's not the main thing. We can get distracted by that. Why did the women also bring spices to embalm Jesus on the third day? Why were the disciples hiding out in a locked room on the third day after Jesus' crucifixion? And again, a week later, They were hiding in a room instead of holding a resurrection party at the empty tomb. An interesting question, but it's not the main thing. 
Some people want to know, how many angels were at the tomb? Well, there was one on the stone. There were two inside when they approached where Jesus were laying. But who knows how many angels were there that greeted the women? An interesting question. It's just not the main thing. And then, why did the two disciples on the road to Emmaus believe that Jesus was only a prophet and powerful in word and deed? That's what they told Jesus as he showed up in his resurrection body and they didn't know who he was. Why didn't they say he's the Messiah? An interesting question, but it's not the main thing. And then some people even want to know, how much faster could John run than Peter? When they heard that the tomb was empty, and they both took off running to see for themselves. Interesting question, but it's just not the main thing. You see, it's possible to dig into this miraculous account of Jesus' resurrection to ask question after question after question and get distracted from the main thing. It's fine to ask questions as long as you remember the main thing that matters the most, the eternal existence that Jesus was dead and now He's alive. This is what makes us Easter people. So let's talk about this treasures in heaven thing again. I kind of skimmed over that and said, yeah, you know, we know what treasures on earth are now. We get distracted with that. But what are these treasures in heaven? We are to store up treasures in heaven, Easter people. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There is no God like our God. Revelation 7.10 says, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, Jesus. In Hannah's prayer, you, you might have read, if you're reading through the Bible reading plan, uh, you would have read it a few weeks ago. Hannah, in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. She said, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. And in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no God like our God, Easter people. So here is what we have for treasures in heaven. We store them up through believing and knowing and accepting the fact of Easter that Jesus rose from the dead and He is our salvation. Seven parts. Seven parts of our treasure. You might want to jot down some of these things. First one is eternal life. Eternal life. John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him 
shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now there's a treasure. Second part of our treasure in heaven. Forgiveness of our sin. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The third part of our treasure is deliverance. Deliverance from slavery, our slavery to sin. Romans 6.22 says, Now that you have been set free, when you read this, these verses in the Bible, it, we don't really get the story as well, I don't think, as the original language. It, it's very legalistic, and it very much talks about a slave market, that we were purchased from the slave market of sin. That's one of the things we have to realize before we can have our treasure in heaven is that we have been purchased and we accept that atoning sacrifice that Jesus made for us. So eternal life, forgiveness of sins, deliverance. How about this one? Peace. A peace that passes all understanding. You're not going to find it by treasures on earth. Philippians 4, 6-7 to says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Man, that's a part of the treasure I'd like. A fifth part of the treasure in heaven is fruit. The Holy Spirit creates fruit, produces fruit in us to bear. We get to bear the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's in our treasures of heaven. And number six... Part of our treasure is guidance. Guidance by God himself. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Um, if you're writing down the verses also, I don't think I said the fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Guidance by God himself comes from Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Straight. So we don't go down into the ditch. And the seventh part of our treasure in heaven is that we get to become a child of of God. John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, Jesus, 
He gave the right to become children of God. This heavenly treasure sounds great, doesn't it? It should, because it is great. We have a great God. But along with all these great gifts comes responsibility for us Easter people. We are not Easter people just for one Sunday each year or one season of the year. Jesus lives and he breathes through his body, the church. For us to be Easter people, we must live like Easter makes a difference in our lives, day by day, moment by moment. When Jesus is our treasure, our heart is focused on him. There are billions on this earth who never heard of Jesus. I want others to share in the treasures of heaven. But I can't reach billions of people. Even our denomination, our, our mission arm, the world partners, cannot reach billions of people. Our job as Easter people is not to be a general contractor or a building in, in a building or in advancing this great kingdom of God, but we are to be servants and fellow sinners sitting as guests at the table of Jesus and inviting other guests to come in and sit at his table. I can reach those from whom the Lord puts in my path. Remember the first part of our mission? Meet people where they are. You are going to meet some people. And Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you've got the Holy Spirit with you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will meet people where they are. And then remember the second part of our mission. Show them Jesus. We are witnesses for the Lord in our homes first with our own family. Then our neighbors and our workplace or school, in the grocery store, wherever our Lord places you. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says this, Jesus died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him, Him who died for them and was raised again. When we are saved, when we are really saved, we are Easter people that are so humbled and so thankful. We must forever live as Easter people. We must remember those who are lost in sin, storing up earthly treasures that will not last. 
And let us invite them to freedom from sin that's found in a relationship with Jesus. Invite them to the table that Jesus invited us to. For where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And anything less than the best with Jesus is a betrayal of Jesus himself and our faith. Remember that Jesus has risen. He is risen indeed. Have you come to know Jesus as your Savior? Let everyone know that Easter is important to each one of us each and every day. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for challenging us with this scripture about our treasures. Help us all to realize that some things on earth are are fine, but it's not our treasure for all eternity. Help us to really put our desire for our treasures to be with you in heaven. For where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. And we always want our heart in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.